brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. SIFPOP Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. We'll never get out of this bunker because we lost our sling rings. It's SIFPOP. I guess you could, you know, try the door. (laughs) (laughs) Was it just me or... When you heard Sling Ring... Now, see, I didn't know anything about Doctor Strange. This is our movie, by the way. Uh, I thought of, like, Sling TV. Like, in the future, everybody has all their, like, TV shows on a ring. Their Sling Ring. That's all you. That's all you. (laughs) Nobody else in the universe thought of that one. Welcome to Sif Pop, uh, streaming live on Mixler every Friday or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. Patrons get those perks. Huh. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else is on our pop culture minds. Today's guru from the Shoe the Dough podcast, it's Danae Hughes! My favorite guru! I feel a little awkward about being called a pop culture guru. (laughs) It is a little awkward for you. (laughs) I think I think it'd be like better like to what, call it's more like an honorary title, right? It's it'd be better to call you like a ori- you know original host or something like yeah, that. The OG, you, the OG host of Sif pop, pop culture averse, Danae. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danae comes on when there's actually a movie out that she doesn't mind seeing, and uh, and then we when Danae's on, we also talk about uh, Danae's world of pop culture. So she gets to pick you know kind of the pop culture topics after we. Uh, do the movie. We'll, of course, do some buried treasure uh, at the end. But, Andrew, why don't you start us off with some Do We Care? Read some pop culture headlines, and uh, Danae and I will say whether we care to talk more about them. As always, three Do We Cares. Number one, Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool, said he will not be coming back because of creative differences. He would... uh, uh, Now they're looking at David Leach, the guy who directed John Wick, to uh, come on as the frontrunner for Deadpool 2. Oh, man. That could be interesting. Sorry that came out so bad. My printer only decided to print the <laughs> first half of some words. So I'm like, what is that word there? I love John Wick. So oh, yeah. um, I, in general, unless it's a director I really, really love, director changes don't interest me that much. I'll okay. wait and see the movie. 
uh, because as we've seen, directors can do drastically different things on different movies. And I'm going to talk about that later on. Very, so. very cool. Is it something that you care about? A little bit. I am a huge fan of whenever there's a directorial change and stuff because I try and look at specific things. For example, let's talk about, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, David Leach. Whenever I look at John Wick movies, I, fee- I see very precise, smooth moments and he also does a lot of the choreography for that because he was a choreographer it was a fight choreographer mm-hmm. before he directed right so when i look at the first deadpool movie it was funny and it was comedic but the action wasn't all that great because it was just a bunch of you know him doing backflips and spinning while he was shooting and stuff it wasn't really that impressive if you get ryan reynolds writing this and helping david with like that aspect that's what i was of, just gonna say yeah. of directing and the writing and stuff Deadpool 2 has the potential, if David decides to do this, to be better than the first one. Right, because it'll hit all the humor mm-hmm. and snark, and at the same time, we'll have better action. Yes. Yeah, could be. Danae, thoughts? I don't care. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, moving on to number two. <laughs> number two, and I put this one in here for me, just so everybody knows, okay? So Andrew cares deeply about this one. The Dark Tower film has been pushed from February to summer. Oh, I'm sorry, Andrew. But wouldn't you rather that happen than them release something crappy? The reason why it's getting pushed back is they did a, a test screening of like the trailer and stuff, and people say it's terrible. Oh, no. They test... Sc- Wait a second. How can they is just test really a trailer? true? They test screened the trailer? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a whole nother level of hate for me. I like how could how could you know anything about whether or not a movie will do well by test screening the trailer? Uh, people who saw the trailer said it looks like a YA film. Well, then make a different trailer, but that doesn't mean you have to push the movie back. I don't know. I don't. I, I am more and more nervous about this because you guys know that's uh, your favorite you man. Know, it's my favorite medium of all time, more than any book, movie, television show. That's how I felt going into game. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like I was just, which of course there's much more. Well, there's a lot of, I guess there was games and all kinds of TV shows and everything going into that series. Yeah, but we know that turned out okay. It did pretty good. It was awesome. <laughs> it did pretty good. Well, we'll be hoping with you, Andrew, that it that it comes I'm together. So scared. You know, I know I'm nothing ab- about the Dark Tower stuff. Like I've never read a single word. Like yeah. Uh, so I mean, for me, it'll all be new. So all right, that's Stephen King, though, right? It is Stephen King. Okay, number yeah, I three. That. I guess I do know something about it. Yeah. So there you go. Number three, Jennifer Lawrence and Scarlett Johansson will be battling it out in two different films, both biopics of F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, Zelda Fitzgerald. Wait a second. The way you read that made it sound like they are both in both movies. No. What you mean is they are playing They're both in playing Zelda movie. Fitzgerald, both biopics. It's crazy that Hollywood continues to do this, isn't it? Yeah. Release the exact same, two different companies release basically the exact same movie. Yeah. And it happens so often. I know. I thought it was just me. I'm like, oh, maybe because they were going to do, they are doing that with the Jungle Book mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Andy Circus has his Jungle Book coming out right. next year, I think. Right. Which so, is a different property. I mean. No, still the same Mowgli and everything because he's doing all the motion capture. Oh, it's, Red, it's Rudyard uh, Kipling? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's doing all the motion capture for it and everything. Oh, okay. I, I haven't heard anything about them scrapping the film since Disney's, so I'm just going to continue to believe that that thing's going to happen till I read otherwise. So I don't really care other than just why. Like, why Why did we get dueling volcano movies? Why did we get dueling asteroid hitting the Earth movies? Why did we get dueling animated bugs movies? You know, like, it just... 
I, there was one. There were dueling biopics about Prefontaine the Runner. Like, how does that happen? Here's what I think happens: the pre-production for films is so enormous, like years worth of stuff before you even hear about a movie. Yeah, I remember hearing about The Revenant back in 2003 mm-hmm. because there was going to be um, acting calls in Missouri to go up and act in it and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that was back in 2003, and the movie just came out last year or two years ago. Sure, but how does that make it more likely that two will be at the same time? Because, you know, if you ever have an interesting story, and you know biopics are all the rage nowadays, Mm -hmm. they're running out of people to tell stories about. Inevitably, you're (laughs) going to have two people. But, yeah, it's weird, but at the same time, it's like, if you've put so much time and money and invested so much effort into getting a movie, and you find out somebody else is doing the exact same thing, you it's kind of like a game of chicken. Who's going to quit first, you know? And then yeah. sometimes people don't quit. I just, well, often, apparently, people don't quit, because it continues to happen time and time again. I just don't understand it. Yeah. But this is about F. Scott Fitzgerald. His Didn't, wife, Zelda. Oh, his wife, Zelda. Yeah. Didn't Zelda F. Scott Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald write the national anthem? Is that who F. Scott Fitzgerald is? Sure. No, I have no idea. Yeah. Or is it some, is a different writer? I, I know it's a writer. I could probably look it up. Yeah. No, that's all right. Uh, somebody has already corrected me in the chat. <laughs> that was quick. Francis Scott Key. Yes, that is correct. He wrote the national anthem. Yeah. F. Scott Key, not F. Scott Fitzgerald. Thanks, BDG. The BDG's got our back. He doesn't or, mind. He doesn't mind making me BDG feel bad. Or the BDG and Google has our back. He just knows he'd rather be correct. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't mind being wrong. I'd rather be right next time. That's how it works, okay? That's my mo- that's my life motto. I don't mind being wrong because I'd rather be right next time. Just don't make me feel like trash. <laughs> the reality you know is one of many. This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, we harness energy and shape reality. We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice. Here's the bit. There's a strength to him. But is he ready? Today, you ready to talk some movies? Oh, good. It's been a while, right? (laughs) Yeah. This is actually what I'm the most excited about. Let's talk a little bit before we go into Doctor Strange, because we're going to spend most of the episode obviously talking about the new Marvel movie, Doctor Strange, starring Benedict Cumberbatch as, uh, I would say, as a non-comic book person, a lesser known comic book character. It reminds me of like when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, where it's like, you know, something that not a lot of people are attached to, but, you know, it's in their property base. Uh, and kind of a metaphysical physician. Uh, well, he's a physician and then becomes metaphysical, and it's just very strange and very interesting, but we'll get there. But before we do, I want to talk about the experience of going to the movie for two reasons. Number one, Andrew, you saw your first IMAX laser. Yeah. So I wanted to hear a little bit about that. And number two, Danae, you haven't been to a movie in forever, so I wanted to kind of hear what it was like after being forced to go to movies week after week. To you know, go to one after you haven't been to one for a while. So let's start with you, Danae. Um, I actually kind of struggled with even thinking about my review process because I did have to kind of go into that place where I was like, okay, I actually went to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. I sat down in the theater and I watched it, I, and then I and now I'm and I watched it and I did it. <laughs> so I did it. Now now I got to talk about it. <laughs> so There's it was a step weird. Two. 
it was weird. I was like, I couldn't get into the same sort of mindset, but I, th- I, I think I had a good time. I think, um, you know, Marvel tells a good story for the most part and mm-hmm. they have fun visuals and, but I had no idea what to expect going in. I didn't even know Benedict Cumberbatch was in this. Nice. So when he was on screen, I was like, Oh, hi there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey there, buddy. What are you doing here? You know? And then, so I had no idea about like any of it. So that, that was an interesting experience, which that was normal for us before. But I did watch the previews this time because I yeah. didn't feel guilty at all. How did that feel for you? Well, were you upset that you saw the new Star Wars preview? No, because I don't. I don't even know if I'm going to go watch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. This is just maybe all overseas. <laughs> so I saw some of this stuff coming out, and I like to judge them, going like, oh, that's not going to do well. Oh, that's going to do great. Oh, that's that's not going to do good. <laughs> so yeah, I think I had a pretty good time. Good. What about you, Andrew? How was your experience seeing uh, IMAX, IMAX Laser for the first time? So I went down to Branson, and I went with Shawn Michael from Geek.0 okay. and MJ Roper from All Tower Media. We had a lovely time. We went to the Outback, not the Outback Steakhouse, but you know, Branson has their own specific one. Mm-hmm. We had some alligator. We had some crab. It was delicious. And then we went to the IMAX Laser. Now, we have an IMAX theater here in Springfield, yeah. but it's not a laser. It's just regular old projector. We, we call those Limax, Limax because they're a smaller screen. They're not technically a you know full IMAX Not because they're lying? It sounds like you're saying they're liars. Well, because, because they call it IMAX, but it's really not. That's why they're called Limax. Yeah. That's like an actual term that the industry uses for... Oh, you didn't make it up yourself? No, no, no don't get me wrong. IMAX doesn't use that term, but oh. I just mean the general kind of movie-going yeah. populace says Limax about smaller IMAX. Why do they just call them Minimax? <laughs> That's probably what IMAX calls them. Yeah. So I didn't know if the screen was bigger, if I was just sitting closer. Turns out screen's bigger. Oh, yes. A lot bigger. And um, the sound design in the real IMAX theaters... Holy moly! <laughs> it's so much better. Yeah, it sounds incredible in that so, place. So I went to the exact same theater. I think both of you went to go and see uh, the Force Awakens. Then, correct? Uh, no, we saw Batman. Oh, you uh, saw v Superman there. there and Jungle Book. In Jungle Book, we also okay. saw Jungle Book there. Okay, no, you saw uh, Force Awakens in, in Los a, Angeles and the L.A. Laser yeah. IMAX. Okay, so the maybe you can. T- talk more to the technicals of it but they use a laser projector so you get more darker tones like if Two something of them, is fact. dark so it was something really cool in the beginning of the movie it's really dark and shadowy there were pillars that were like dark in the beginning of this movie and even though it was black i could still feel them coming towards me I'm right like, yeah, yeah, yeah oh this is gonna be good <laughs> be- because normally you know that just wouldn't come across on a on a normal projector so the whole aspect of that was mind mind blowing for me. It was yeah. phenomenal. So good. So so you did see the difference and oh, you very could, much. Okay, so. yeah. Very I, much I'm so. the same way. What it not to get too technical, but they use two laser projectors, and so what it allows is one to to project the blacks and one to project the whites, and so they actually there's a complex computer algorithm that determines which computer does which. So that the contrast value means that the the lighter parts don't bleed over into the darker parts. Yeah. And so it's just very high contrast and, and beautiful. It so. was super crisp. It was, yeah, lovely. Good. I'm glad you had a great experience. Having, All right. having watched Doctor Strange in the theater and having watched Doctor uh, other movies in the uh, IMAX laser, I would assume that this would be a really fun one to watch. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on making a trip to see this in IMAX laser. And the, it, I, the reason why I chose this movie specifically to see is because I wanted a visual spectacle film to see in the laser. Good right. job. Mission so accomplished. I wanted to wait either for this film or Rogue One. Yeah. I'm definitely going back for Rogue One to see at the laser IMAX. 
now that I know what it's capable of. Now that you're a believer? Yeah. Well, speaking of being a believer, were we a believer in this movie? Let's start with, uh, did you like it, love it, uh, it was okay, dislike it, hated it, um, and if anybody hated it, you're no longer welcome on the show. Just kidding. <laughs> Andrew, where do you want to start? Loved it. Loved it. Loved Dan- it. Danae? I liked it. I'm going to go with liked it, so close to loved it. Uh, really liked it? Really liked it. I have a feeling if I watched it on IMAX Laser, yeah. I bet I would be over in the loved it camp. Isn't that funny how technical things can change the way you view a movie? Well, I think that for a movie like this, the visual aspect of it is such a high p- uh, proper or part of it. So if you take that away, you know, it kind of, you know, will take away from your experience in the movie. Yeah. So... And, and and that's not to say the screen we saw it on was bad. I thought that I thought it was fine. It looked good, um, but I just couldn't quite go into loved it. And there are a couple of reasons I'll get into. But let's start with the good stuff because there is plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already talked about the visuals quite a bit. Danae, what would you say it was about the visuals that made them such a part of this movie? Like, try to explain that to somebody who maybe hasn't seen it. Well, as somebody who had no idea what we were getting into, Doctor Strange is. Um like introducing us into a world where we can access uh, magical kind of sorceress type powers. It kind of felt a little bit like Avatar in a way, in that way. Yes, I had that feeling as well. And a lot of other movies where you've got people kind of conjuring or, you know, manipulating things. And and, um, so what I liked about the visuals is that they seem to be an assistant to the story storytelling in a really good way. They were beautiful and not, but not too distracting, not where it was confusing uh, which again, they're trying to explain kind of a lot about the depths of why we're able to access power, but then also, you know, these great like you're. This is a psychedelic acid trip. You know, don't do drugs ever, but specifically, <laughs> don't do drugs and watch this movie because it might be a little bit too much. Because there's just so much visually happening, but it seems to all aid the story pretty well. So I think they did a good job of. Going overboard just a little bit sometimes, uh-huh. but also being pulling back because we're talking about like a multiverse. And so they're really peeling back the layers and going, we're in this multiverse. And to do that well, I don't I don't know. I think this is probably the best that it could be done or you, one of the best. You said exactly what I was going to say, which is the visuals. The thing I loved about them the most is that they informed the story and made the exposition of this crazy, detailed, confusing universe a beautiful thing to figure out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like I think I understood everything. I feel yeah. like I feel like at the end and of the hard. movie with all the different things that they're manipulating and that are happening visually that I actually was following along. So maybe I'm wrong and I don't actually know what's going on, but I think I do. So that's that's what matters. Yeah, and I I felt the exact same way. What about you, Andrew? So on the visual front of it, their work with gravity in this movie is like something Inception wanted to do, yeah, but couldn't. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I guess whenever you throw a Disney budget at something, it'll <laughs> they'll find a way to do it. So, yeah, I think this is the most visually stunning Marvel film ever made. Oh, yeah, I think that's safe. I, I think- wrote down that I thought that it was uh, Inception mixed with a kaleidoscope yeah. on top of a mandala. <laughs> I don't even know what a mandala is. The... I'll pull one up on here. Do you know what I know a mandala what, is? I know what a kaleidoscope is. I, yeah, I, I got the a... kaleidoscope reference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so they're, they're one of those rugs. These visually, there's visual patterns specifically. Oh, I see. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, so, that's, that's exactly what it looked like. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the work with gravity and the way that they did it, Marvel can do no wrong besides Ant-Man. 
Ant Man was great. Disagree, <laughs> but um, so yeah, the what was I going to say? Another thing, the performances in this movie. I want to talk about that. Yeah, let's go there. So Benedict Cumberbatch, I was nervous about him playing Stephen Strange. After watching the movie now, I don't think they could have gotten anybody better. I think his performance is stunning. I will tell you, I was distracted through a lot of the movie by his American accent. Yeah. I don't know that that's his fault. Yeah. Wait, I, you were? Oh, yeah. Wait, I don't understand. I, know, I noticed that it was kind of, it sounded oh, a little such forced. a beautiful, thick, deep British accent and everything I I've seen him I never once noticed it. That's great. I'm glad. I Because here's the thing. Even though I noticed it and I was distracted by it, I still loved his performance. Like, I thought he was so good as Doctor Strange. I'm sure that his accent was spot on. I think it's just the fact that I know it's like, that's not what you sound right. like. Right, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's just <gasps> this cognitive dissonance. You guys know him from another show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what yeah. is that show called? Sherlock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that one time. Hey, guys. This is why it's good not to watch pop culture all the time. <laughs> then we wouldn't have a show. Because you wouldn't have had any of that influencing your experience. I'm just saying. Sherlock, Star Trek. Um, he was awesome in Star Trek. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but yeah, that's he has a super thick accent. He's also in uh, the Hobbit movies, and uh, he is. He's yeah, Smaug. He's, the, he's Smaug the dragon. Oh right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What did you think of other performances? You have like Chiwetel Ejiofor. You have Tilda Swinton, Mads Mikkelsen. I thought Tilda Swinton knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I thought and that she was, was another so part. good. Knowing the comic books a little bit, obviously I've only read just a couple of them because. DC fan. But, that's that's um, the ancient one? Yes. The ancient okay, one, okay. Yeah. Is obviously played by a man in the comic books, and people are like, oh, I don't know if Tilda Swinton can pull it off. Yeah, she can. I oh, knew, yeah, she, she, I knew she could do it. So that's a man in the comics. Yeah. Cool. It is totally a dude. An old, old, old dude. <laughs> like old Mr. Miyagi type. I really dude. enjoyed that character a lot, because sometimes you've got these mysterious, you know, people who are teaching the next generation about, you know, powers or martial arts you know they go to this place to do whatever and they meet this person that has all this knowledge and power and it's done off in in some mediums i i actually really enjoyed her performance because it was the perfect amount of you can tell that this person's super powerful and you can tell that this person has a complexity as well so it was. I thought that she did a really, really good job. And also, did she actually shave her head? Probably. She's done it before. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Because she's got super short hair now, so I just made the assumption. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. She, oh, yeah. She's always had short hair, so I think that her just cutting it all off, it will be back like in a week or so. I wonder if she smokes cigarettes, though, because she did have the cigarette lines on her lips. That is something I would not have recognized. Yeah. What are cigarette lines? Well, when you smoke, you pooch your lips together to like suck on the end uh-huh. of the cigarette. Sure. Nobody don't smoke it's bad for you <laughs> um and so over time you get like lines on your oh, lips oh interesting just like like uh frown lines or yeah, just like exactly. your face would develop any yeah. other kind of so as she spoke i was always like hmm i wonder if she smokes <laughs> <laughs> thoughts of Danae <laughs> during the movie uh, um can i say uh, oh i'm sorry Andrew. well i wanted to i'm ask, just i'm just reading so you go ahead i wanted to ask you earlier you mentioned seeing avatar in this and i yeah. meant to clarify are you talking about james cameron blue people avatar or oh, the last Airbender Avatar. Last Airbender. That's what I was thinking okay, too. Yeah. I just wanted to. I just wanted Sorry. to clarify. Yeah, no, I understand why. Uh, especially a lot of the shapes they made and different, you know, because you have like this that. element of the people who are acting. They're making gestures into the air, and then yes. and then visually, you've got this visual effects over the top of it. Uh, you know, kind of to to not to go against that or to go with that. Um, I also wanted to say I really enjoyed the costuming. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, this was a really fun costuming. I, everything that was on screen, I was like just absorbing. It was really beautiful. I agree. I brought that back up because the first thought I had when I saw Tilda Swinton was, oh, she would have been a much better Aang in, oh. the, in the last <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movie. <laughs> she looks like him. Yeah, it was a lot of that. That part I really, really enjoyed a lot. Uh, most of the movie I think I really enjoyed. Yeah. What, what else you got? I have two more things before I can get into cons. Okay, uh, cool. So Scott Derrickson, the guy who directed this, he's known for making horror films like Sinister and The Exorcist, uh, the remake and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Marvel has, I don't know how they do it, they must have some kind of algorithm to where they can pull directors from things that you would never expect them to be good at doing a Marvel film, and for some reason they can pull it off. Mm-hmm. So... What do you think it is about Marvel or uh, maybe Disney in general, how they can pull directors from very obscure areas and they can knock it out of the park? I think it's the obscurity that does it. I think the director in Marvel movies, more than much, uh, more than many other movies, is almost just a uh, insignificant is too strong of a word but is it less of a significant part of the puzzle because they have such a huge group of people who are in charge of shepherding this thing. Like they, they know what they do with these movies. You saw it with um, Edgar Wright when he was supposed to do Ant-Man, right? Mm -hmm. He couldn't fit into how they did the Marvel universe. So they had to go a different direction when they pick these obscure directors. It allows them to mold them, I think into doing the movie the way that they know their movies have to be done. Okay. So that's, that's my thought. My opinion, I think has a lot to, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So, but you're right. It's really incredible to see these directors who, you know, haven't done a lot, you know, step in and do these amazing movies. Yeah. So the final pro I had is I was nervous going into this, how they were going to tie in the mysticism of Stephen Strange into the cinematic universe that they've already created for the Avengers stuff. Sure, they have Thor, but even there, it's not as potent as it is in Stephen Strange. Moving forward, I am very, very excited to see how he ties into the cinematic universe. Uh, it's becoming really interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, no spoilers here, but uh, but wow, the way the way that that this could tie into the you know entirety of what's going on with the. You know, well, I don't think it's a, a spoiler to say that Marvel movies always have a post-credit scene, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty stoked. I'll just say that I'm pretty with st- the first one or the second one. The first one, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go into some of the things maybe we didn't like about it. Uh, okay. I, I'll start with this one. I thought it started a little slow for me. I, I had pacing as mine. Yeah, the pacing at the beginning was it took a bit to get going. Now, again, the level of difficulty on this is huge because they have. So much work to do explaining who this is, where he comes from, you know, to really give time to the relationship that's needed uh, to, you know, to buy into it. Um, but I, I felt like it started a little bit slow. That was really kind of the primary negative that I saw. Danae, did you have anything stood out to you as a negative? Maybe that's part of what I was experiencing. Um, so, you know, this character has, as most characters do, a transition of the heart. You know, so you've got this person whose entire life is all built around what's going on before he has this transition into kind of more the superhero role, which not a spoiler. That's just normal kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that happens in these movies. But I found myself having a hard time at the end of the movie, really pinpointing that heart transition. And so by the end of the movie, I'm still not quite sure that I understand who he is as a 
per like as a character, like where he stands, where the growth was, what, yeah. you know, what happened. I yeah. know, I know that I saw growth, and I know that they showed us certain elements. You know that there's a, there's certain times whenever he has moments where I was, you know, you actually do get to see growth, and you're supposed to feel it, but I wasn't feeling it, and I don't know why I wasn't feeling it. I've been trying to figure that out since I saw the movie last night, and I just can't pinpoint what it is. And I just when I wondered if it was, um. I don't know. He's such a strong personality in some ways. And then in the ways where they're trying to kind of make him more heart centered and loving, it just didn't connect. And I wonder uh, in like the whole training part and the transition part, if they could have done something more in there to really showcase that he was going to become this, you know, uh, person that was going to make decisions later on that selfishness versus selflessness and all that stuff. So there was something kind of missing in there for me. I agree. It's it's buried a lot deeper than than it usually is in the Marvel movies. That stuff is, and maybe I'm having to read into it to find anything. Uh, during the spoilers, I think I can pull some stuff out that really stood out to me as far as building character and building story and and those kind of things. But for now, uh, I would just say I agree overall with what you're saying. And I also want uh, another thing I kind of wrote down is I didn't think there was enough humor. Oh, that's oh, funny. I, I thought there was I too much. There was a lot of humor. I thought there was really? too much. That yeah. was my thing. I said. They tried to make this movie funnier than it needed to be. That was actually, I actually my second critique. I more agree with Andrew on that. Like, I felt ha! like... Sorry. Anyhow, my mind just went back to the good dinosaur uh, I, argument. I do, yeah, I, do want to, I do want to come back to this maybe in a little bit of a spoiler chat later sure, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm kind of curious, like... What when, we thought was funny? What you thought was funny? Okay, okay. yeah. I we'll think get, what they tried to make funny. But yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a conversation to be had for sure. Um, yeah, I think... Anything, uh, anything else that you guys wanted to say? That do you... one more thing. We can do one more thing about the movie if we're ready to kind of close out and move on. I'll uh, let that be my one last thing, and I'll let you guys go. The humor? Yeah. Uh, my one last thing is there's an element of, again, trying not to spoil a lot, but there's an element of time manipulation in this movie, which can often be a huge distraction for me mm-hmm. because of issues with time. However, I will say... This movie, I bought it hook, line, and sinker in this movie. What they did with time in this movie, I wondered movie. if you it were wasn't overdone. It wasn't, and here's the here's what I think it was. There's a difference between time travel and time manipulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this movie is more time manipulation than time travel, and I think that's easier to go along with in some ways because you can. You, there's just some. I don't want to give anything away, but just to say, you know, it's. I, I bought it, so I'll, that would be my one more. thing. I will say. Just, you know, final conflict, you know, every movie has one. Mm-hmm. Best final conflict in a, a D, or in a Marvel film for me. Ooh, I'd have to think about that one. It, I thought it was great, but I'd have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Because of how unique it was. Mm-hmm. Danae, what's your one more thing? Um, there is a character that we have not discussed that was one of my favorite things, and it's likened to the carpet from Aladdin. And it was one of my favorite <laughs> I had that exact movie. same thought. And I really... I wanted that character to be so much more in this movie um, as kind of like this fun little sidekick type thing. But mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that maybe as Doctor Strange appears in other films, we might be able to see that. Oh, so. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of your humor, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like two scenes. I don't. I thought there was more. Oh, than man. That. Yeah. I just. I'm. I guess I'm just thinking of a lot more than. And that's actually a phenomenal comparison. I never I actually like, did that in you, my head. So that was that's, my first thought. I was like, it was oh, my first thought too. I was really? well. My first thought was, oh, I know exactly what it's going to look like in the live, you know, action Aladdin that's coming out in two yeah. years or whatever. Oh, that's so, an interesting thought. Um, good call. Good call. Uh, 
Yeah, I I would just say this one more thing about the humor. The theater we were in was laughing through the entire thing. Man, we had a different experience, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about Patreon. Yeah, please, let's do that. Uh, Patreon supports the podcast network that Sif Pop is a part of, uh, the Studio DNA Podcast Network. If you go to patreon.com slash studio DNA, you will see all the details. The reason these podcasts can be on and do what they do is because of your support. Uh, it starts at three bucks a month. Some pretty fun perks, including getting into any of our live shows. We have an annual live show we do in Springfield, Missouri. You get in for free. Gifts. Uh, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, if you do uh, $10 a month, actually, there's an annual gift that we'll send to you. Um, and as well as uh, everybody who gives is uh, entitled to the patron-only podcast feed, which I think is actually the coolest perk because every single podcast on the podcast network shows up there automatically, plus all the bonus episodes that don't show up in the regular podcast feed, including today uh, we did a best ever challenge on visually inventive movies, so we talked about our favorite visually inventive movies. A lot of fun. Uh, that's only available for patrons. So again, for like three bucks a month, you can get all that stuff direct in your podcast feed. You don't even have to go to the website to get it. So thank you for doing that. It means a lot to us. It's patreon.com slash studio DNA. All right, on to Danae's world. <gasps> Whoa, guys. Does Danae's world, world have a theme song? <laughs> it's Danae's world. <laughs> it sounds like Bobby's world. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever watch that? Oh, yeah, it is. That I was uh, Howie, Howie Mandel. Howie Man- or, yeah. Howie Mandel. That was a really fun cartoon. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> I didn't do my, my research. <laughs> Uncle, what was his uncle's name? Uncle... Uh... The big fat uh, wh- uncle that always had the Hawaiian t-shirt or the Hawaiian button-ups. Was it Uncle Howie? I don't remember. Was it? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. It's been a long time. Bobby's well, World, Uncle Ted? No, Uncle... <laughs> uncle Ted Talk. Uncle Ted Talk. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't think we should spend that much time finding out <laughs> no, what Bobby's today. uncle... No, today. It says talk Uncle about- Ted. Okay. So maybe it actually is Uncle Ted. Oh, I'll believe it. The chat suggests Uncle Buck, but no, that's a different movie. Uncle totally. Buck. totally <laughs> With the different. John Candy? Yes. Those pancakes. They did, t- you know, they did a TV show of that a couple seasons ago, didn't they? Tried what? Tried t- an Uncle Buck TV show? No, really? yeah. don't do that. Yeah, they did. Don't it do- didn't go anywhere. Don't Leave worry it about alone. It. Okay. I wanted to tell you guys that when um, Girl on a Train came out, I read the book. I didn't yeah, want to see them. A- I did not want to see the movie because I wasn't interested in the movie. Because uh, oh well, good what? call, shocker. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to know what happened because sometimes those those murder mysteries. And I was flying back from Delaware to Springfield, and so I picked up a book at uh, the airport. Which, by the way, if you get them at specific stores. You can return them at the same at the stores in another airport location, and you can get half of your money back. I mean, then they just turn around it's and sell like, it again. But... It's kind of like a like a half library thing that airports do now. So I picked up this book. I started binge reading it. By the time I landed at my final place, I had twenty pages to go. So I took pictures of the last twenty pages <gasps> with Aaron's help. Illegal. So that I could read it and finish it. Then Aaron got it in the mail the next day. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so. They sent it to him as one of the like the screener things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have had a chance to finish it no matter what, which is nice to know. But I wanted to um, ask you guys what you thought about because I didn't get a chance to listen to the Sif Pop podcast. I think we did that in one of the exclusive pre shows. Actually, we maybe chatted yeah, about just that a just a, a little a bit briefly. We both didn't like the movie. Didn't like, like the movie at all. Well, yeah. I didn't like the book. 
And oh. I wasn't, I had a couple people that I asked what they thought and they loved the book, but I thought it was really slow. And the interesting thing about the book yep. is it goes back and forth in time. Like it'll go back. Movie does that too. Yeah. Was it confusing in the, it yes, was confusing very. in the movie. It was confusing in the book too, because you know, you had to actually remember, okay, because the way that they had it was like months and such. So you had to kind of go back and be like, oh, what's happening here? And then eventually you just stop caring and like, oh, whatever. Um, did was, you, did was you, the book as predictable as the movie? Did you know how it was going to end? No, I did not. Okay. I did not know how it was going to end. And I was trying to figure that out the whole time. There were not a lot of um, example or like moments where it was like really clear. It's harder to hide that stuff visually. But, but let me tell you what they did a good job in the book of or what the author did a good job in the book uh, was you're inside the mind. It's all eye perspective, which I, for the record, find annoying to read. I woke up in the morning. I went and put my shoes on. I it was like, wow. You know, so it was all from first person perspective. You more like the omniscient third person. Kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. And then whenever it would switch over, it was it were from a, we're in a different woman's. So it was still eye perspective, but a different person entirely. So you kind of had these two characters that were like going about their life uh, and interacting in their own odd ways in fact there's actually three characters at one point in time the three w- women that were mm-hmm. in this um this book but the main character is an alcoholic yeah and so to be inside the mind in a book of somebody who is an alcoholic and has blackouts and doesn't remember things and having a hard time piecing things together and just thinks her life is just totally messed up that was interesting because they tried to do that in the movie too how, yeah how did they pull that off just they didn't i don't think they did very well yeah um because it doesn't translate the same way. You're not in somebody's head. You're actually seeing what they're doing. And mm. so it's... It's that outside looking in perspective yeah, that just you doesn't can't, work. You can't actually get in somebody's head like you can in a book. The whole know? time I was reading the book, I thought, how did they do this? Did they do it well? How did they do this? Because you are in such a unique position as a reader. So I can see this story developing better. Um the entire action sequence for the reveal of who the actual murderer is and the whole like mm-hmm. end fight sequence all happened in those last 20, 30 pages, which is why I had to take pictures of it. Cause I was like the, we finally get to the big under, like we're finally starting to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple things I thought that visually might be interesting to see on a movie screen, but Do you want to say them? I don't care if, I mean, if, I don't care if we spoil this, you know, three weeks after or whatever. We're telling people not to see the movie anyway. (laughs) It was a bit confusing in the book, but she was seeing, um, so the night when the disappearance of the woman happened and she was, uh, the main characters like in the tunnel Mm -hmm. area and her ex-husband kind of shows up. Yeah. There was, there were details that were fuzzy for her. And so at the end of the book, she's saying to herself, uh, you know, she's realizing that the dress was a different color and, and you're like, Oh, Okay, you know, so I thought that might be kind of interesting to see on the screen. No, they didn't do anything her... with that. They just had her realize it. They just had like, like you'd, you'd flash back to it and she'd know more details. It yeah. wasn't like oh, things that's revealed so themselves. Stupid. That would have been an awesome thing to do is to show, show what she was seeing and show the colors of the dresses because there were different colored dresses that matched with the women, which is why she was confused about who's actually there. Right. So if they would have suddenly had like a reveal in her mind where all the details merged together, that would have been kind of cool. I don't remember them doing anything like that. What they did in the movie is like, you know, it's in the tunnel. She would see a silhouette running at her and every different time they did it, it would be somebody else running at her. It would be the victim. 
It would be her ex-husband. It would be... Uh, oh, that's the, weird. The ex's husband, the victim's husband. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty and, terrible and, movie. And you're like, which one of these is real, you know? And you don't find out until the end, but there was no, like, detectiveness to it. it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just so like, because oh, gotcha. you're, you're literally waiting for someone to, like, her brain to put information back together because she blacked out so bad from drinking. Yeah. It, um, the other part of it that I thought would be interesting is, so in the book, she is a drunk. Uh, her life is basically falling apart. Uh, and she, I think she was seeing a counselor. Um, and she was explaining to the counselor, basically, like, I do these terrible things when I'm blacked out. Mm-hmm. And then you find out later on that she wasn't doing those terrible things. Her yeah. her ex-husband yes. was. Yeah, we found that out. Was too. telling her that she had. Yeah. And in the book, it's really powerful in a way because. I thought you, I actually thought that was the one part of the movie that, that worked for me. I don't think that worked for you because I think you knew that was coming. I knew who the killer was. I didn't know. See, I, that did, she, I didn't know who she. Uh, I, I didn't, didn't know, know her ex-husband was, was lying to her about the kind of person. It really added yeah, dimension. That I didn't know. It I added, knew he did it. Yeah. Spoiler, but. <laughs> I, I had it added a Major dimension there. Yeah. I think that was really uh, gave his character a depth that was not because when you're doing in the book, you're not really seeing a lot of their life, and you certainly aren't seeing his danger. No, at all, not in the movie either. Okay. And so, so that that was actually the one impacting part of the movie for me. They're on the train. She sees the wife of the boss, their boss, or something. She goes up and she says, "I'm so sorry." For that night that I ruined your party yeah, or whatever yes. on the train. Mm-hmm. And she's like, like, what are you talking like, what about? Are you talking Lisa about? Kudrow's character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Lisa Kudrow's character is like, what are you talking about? You didn't you ruin were lovely. anything. You, you just... were fine. And the crazy part of that that was really powerful for me to read too, before we kind of wrap up and go on to the next thing, is in life, when you are so isolated and you have an addiction or you just or you're just isolating yourself and you don't talk to people because you're embarrassed about, you know, what's going on. She, until she really decided to come out of her shell and say something, didn't have the ability to put those pieces together. So she had to kind of gain confidence. And that was kind of fun to read in the book. But, you know, it ends with this huge fight and then it kind of goes on from there. And you have to kind of make assumptions about her getting, you know, well in the future. Mm -hmm. I would give the book maybe like a C. So I didn't I definitely didn't think it was. Horrible, horrible book. Yeah, I it think had, I gave the movie a C minus D plus mm-hmm. um, somewhere in that range. But it was a pretty quick read. I mean, I think I read, I read it in like two and a half or three hours, maybe. It was it was a rated R soap opera that thought it was smarter than it was. That's I what was, the movie was. I was going to go with one of those. Uh, wait, never mind. Like a Lifetime made for TV. Lifetime. I was yeah, going to yeah. go Lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't know it was a Lifetime made for TV movie. It thought it was Gone Girl. You know, it thought it was, you know, a really it smart thriller. It tried so hard to be Gone Girl. <laughs> well, like, Gone Girl was a mind, oh, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It was like. I call them mind flips. Yeah. Yeah. That's your PG that version. That's my PG version. Up. That one, that movie messed me up for yeah. a minute. That was. The, I think that's the intent. That was like on a level of seven in a way. You know, wow, that's a whole different type of mind. Seven, flip. yeah, seven was something that was like super horrible. I'm surprised you watched seven. I was told it was going to be okay <laughs> by who? By people who weren't really my friends, Andrew. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> What's in the friends. box, Danae? What's in the box? By yeah. that moment, I was so traumatized I could hardly move. I couldn't speak well for like two days I after bet. watching that movie. I, was... I bet. Anyway, um, what else you want to talk about? I really wanted to bring up that I watched the full season. Of Luke Cage. 
<laughs> I always call it. him Nick Cage. I always say Nick Cage. She always says Nick if Cage Nick Cage the- had a season show about himself, I would watch it. Oh, Just- my goodness. But I did watch it. I watched the whole... Have you watched the whole season? Well, we talked yeah. about Luke Cage on the podcast. I know, and, I know. And, so no, I don't no, want to spend too much time on it. It's because I had only watched five episodes at the time, and now I've watched the full season you as did? well. Okay. So, okay. Allow, you know, there's some closure here that we can add to the Luke Cage Let's thing. have a closure moment. Like spoiler closure? No, 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 no. I would just say I had told you guys I wasn't really getting into it over the first five episodes. There were things I liked about it, but it felt a little slow to me. And we told you that there was a twist coming. I know the twist that you're talking about. Pretty sure. I can tell you afterwards and you can confirm with me. Yeah. It did not change for me, though. Really? Okay. I I still felt like this this show was, what was it, 13 episodes that could have been eight episodes. Like, I felt like they could have condensed and we the did, show. And we did agree with you on that. Yeah, it just, yeah. it felt like they took way too long doing stuff, and so it kind of lost me in a lot of ways. What I want to hear what Danae thinks. Yeah, what was your experience, Danae? I liked it, but I also thought it was long, so it's interesting. Yeah. I felt like even the show episodes themselves moved, like, slower. Too slow, yeah. But I was really appreciating what was happening. I felt like I was watching a culture piece. And I felt right. like it was a really, on, like, it was like an honorable thing to the the subject matter we're talking about black culture black pride yep. i think it's a super important piece to have out in our culture right now um i love that i was seeing such a variety of people that you know completely dominated by african americans which i just absolutely loved mm-hmm. it was a really i liked a lot of that um I liked Luke Cage in Jessica Jones a lot because he was so mysterious. And this one, I think I was enjoying him for the most part. I liked his like story arc, you know, him kind of more embracing who he is. And then, you know, he he's like this guy that's you, like impenetrable, quite literally. You can't just... He, and then there's things that shift and change there. And they kept turning things as you went. It didn't stay stagnant mm. for me very long, but it felt long. But it wasn't a stagnant long. I didn't feel like they sat too long in one storyline. They introduced new elements. Every episode had like an interesting thing going on. Um, I really enjoyed having it on while I was just doing life stuff, you know, so I'd kind of have it on. I wasn't engrossed watching it like Stranger Things. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I can't look away from the television. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it kind of, for me, felt, I think maybe that's why I think it felt long, is that I wanted it to be something like that. Yeah. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I had a really great time. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we felt almost exactly the same way on that. I think that Luke Cage's character walked on eggshells for just a couple episodes too long, you know, because he was very timid in the beginning. Right. And then he would become confident, and then he would go back to being timid again. Yeah. And there was no smooth transition from, you know, I will the also say, awesome Luke Cage that we wanted. Yeah, I agree. Ahead. I will also say when his, let's just call it for staying away from spoiler purposes, when his kryptonite was introduced to the story, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't understand... I didn't understand the kryptonite for one, like why it why it worked. Yeah, <laughs> and I also didn't understand why all of a sudden he wasn't just like everybody else. Then, like you know, if everybody has his kryptonite, like, wh- like why is he still special? You know what I mean? Like it was the the TV show didn't do do a good enough job for me of clearing up why he wouldn't be dead. Let's just say that. So, I'm going to try and explain it without getting into too many spoilers. Okay. So, his kryptonite, I know that's ironic calling it kryptonite. Sure, it absolutely is. But um, it's because that stuff came from the alien invasion in the first Avengers movie. Right. So, that's why it's not from this world. That way, it can hurt him. Uh Uh-huh. So, that's what that was. Okay. 
Well, okay, that's and that's that's part one. But more importantly for me is part two of now that that's a thing. Like I just didn't under, like all this to me. I've, I actually have the same problem with Superman, so we'll just keep it in those terms. I don't like Superman. So. I, I, I have the same problem with Kryptonite and Superman, which is, you know, so why is this person even a superhero anymore? <laughs> like, we have we have something that completely disables them. So, but not you like know. a lot. It's not it's not like we can mine Kryptonite on Earth. That's true. You know, That's fair. there's a limited supply sure. in that case, you yeah. know, so it would be like the, the government powers that be. So I just, I for me, I would love... I, I would love a superhero who didn't have the weakness, like the the one thing that could take them down. You know, multiple things that could hurt them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's so that was just that's a small thing. Luke though. Cage did have an element of Hulk to him, like he had that kind of Hulk, right. Hulk yeah, yeah, smash, yeah. you know, super powerful. Um, so he does have a vulnerability to him. He does have, uh, uh, I would say, love interests, but not cheesy way yeah. it just seemed like a normal friendships that sure. are developing and relationships that are developing and care that's developing i liked that we the the people watching the show knew he was a good guy even though other people didn't know that's always a fun thing to experience when you're like oh you you've got the wrong guy you know so yeah. that was kind of fun um in the chat i see that there was a question about if we needed to watch other uh, shows yeah, Daredevil, to Jessica be introduced Jones, to Luke? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Although in Jessica Jones, he does play an interesting role where you get and to, a fairly large role. You get to see his powers in that, but I don't think that it informs this show. There are references that the show makes to um, him knowing somebody, I think, in a different part of, of New York. But mm-hmm. that happened in Jessica Jones, too, where there's references to like the, the nurse references that she has a friend. Well, you know, she's in every single Netflix yeah. show. Too. And I, didn't, and I don't Dawson. know that. So for me, I haven't seen Daredevil, so I don't know. I can't speak to that. Though. This is this She's is what like I say. One of the main characters in Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is what I say. I say you. It's like all the MCU stuff, the the Marvel uh, universe. It's you don't have to have seen any other part for a movie or a TV show to make sense or to be fun or interesting. But if you have seen every other part, it adds a whole new level. I will yeah. say I only watched Luke Cage because of his appearance in Jessica Jones. That's the only reason I started is because I wanted to see what happened. To him. And you know, this is all leading to one where they're all in the same show, right? The Defenders. The Defenders is coming in like two years. Yeah, it's not. Ne- oh, it is next year. So it'll be Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron uh, Fist, Iron and Fist, Punisher. and Punisher. Yeah, cool. So it's all leading to a Avengers yeah. type thing on TV. What about the Flash? No, he's DC. That's DC. Sorry. But can he just? Cross barriers. <laughs> technically, and get over. technically he, could, he, he could, could manipulate the okay, time sure. for, and he could travel over to the Marvel universe. So, so that's nice. it. I think I want to just let you guys know that I've I have been watching pop culture. I have been participating Very in cool. pop culture. Now hey. that I think about it, he does have a second kryptonite. It's his compassion. He cares so much. I know My it's not. A, it's, I not love. A, it's not a physical, uh, you know, kryptonite, but he, that is like his downfall throughout main the yeah. main part of that show. And my, we didn't really talk about this, but we did whenever Chris was on. One of my favorite characters in the entire show is Harlem. Harlem itself becomes a character in the, the show. City yeah. Of Harlem, yeah, I think yeah. that's what I was kind of the area of feeling Harlem. whenever I was like, I feel like this is an important piece. It's an important um, show for that reason. You have like Method Man showing up, and yeah, that was so good. Uh, let me let me end with this, Danae. I would be really interested if you watched a couple episodes of the TV show Atlanta. It's a comedy by Donald Glover, and it's about twenty two minutes long. 
it is the comedy version of what you're talking about with Luke Cage with like uh, African-American culture and, you know, it's all African-American actors and actresses, but it's kind of the comedy version of that. But it also has something important to say. I'd be really curious if you would enjoy that for the same reasons. Respectful comedy? Absolutely. Okay, then I'll watch it. Absolutely. Well, I think it's respectful because it's letting us into a culture that, you know, that I that I'm just not in. And so I get get a perspective that I don't have and I love that, you know. Um so yeah, I would I would definitely I would yeah, be really I, interested if you get a chance to check out Atlanta. It's on I, FX. I wouldn't mind watching that because you know, in the world of Luke Cage it's a lot of drug dealing and yeah. crime and so you know it, we're kind of getting a particular police officer so mm-hmm. we're getting like a particular kind of visual and a particular world so going more into a comedy maybe more family stuff would be kind of good no it's it's is actually it still it's still it's still crime? gritty yeah it's still oh. well it's in he is promoting a rapper so it's kind of in okay. the you know Music kind of the hip hop universe and it's an underground rapper in Atlanta so yeah absolutely All right, let's move on to our buried treasure. We'll finish with one thing in pop culture that we want to make sure you know about. Everybody prepped? Everybody got something? Yeah, why don't you go first? You want me to go first? Go first. I'm super excited about a new show that my family binged watched together. All six of us sat in the same room for 10 hours and watched the first season of this show. Mm -hmm. It is a reality show called Alone from the History Channel. Now, what this is is basically Survivor, Mm -hmm. but to the max. So 10 people in the first season, it's 10 men. Although I guess in the second season, there are women that do it as well. And basically, they are stranded on uh, an, a Vancouver Island, which, by the way, is not a tropical paradise it's island. It's pretty cold. Yeah. You've got <laughs> cougars and bears and you know all sorts of wildlife. They're stranded with nobody else. All 10 of them are in the same area, but they can't get to each other. Uh, and they, whoever stays the longest wins the money. Until you quit. Until you quit. Until you tap out. So it's it was intense. It was interesting. Uh, two people tapped out within the first couple of days because bears were wandering around their you know their area, and they're just like, I'd rather you know live without yeah. the money than you know die. Uh, it is it is amazing. We had so much fun watching this show together, and I can't w- wait to watch season two, which is already complete. So so do they let? The other contestants know when people no, tap out. I have no idea. So you could technically be the last one there, and you could be there for like three weeks beyond. Well, I'm sorry, the last one knows. Once they're okay. the last one, they come and tell them you you know you've won. I wondered about that when you're talking about this because we this popped up in our radio show world that Aaron and I have together, and I was curious about what he was m- meaning about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't clarify that, so I'm glad you did because I was thinking he could seriously stay out there forever, <laughs> and no one would yeah. ever tell him. Yeah. Poor guy. They I get, know. They get to pick 10 survival items. So they do have survival items with them, but they get to pick 10 from a list. And then okay. they just go and they try to survive. And it's so interesting because the third place person who tapped out with two people left in it, of course, he didn't know there were two, you know, how many people were still left in it. Yeah. He had built, get this, he had built a boat so he could go fishing. He had built a, what's called a yurt, which is basically yeah. a home. I've lived in with yurts. a fire inside. Whoa! And like he he could have he could have lived there. Like yeah. he had it down, and he was just like, you know what? I've done everything I came to do. I think I feel complete. I'm out. Yeah. And it was just it was really interesting to watch that kind of psychological stuff. Another person left because uh, before he came, you know, one of his relatives had gotten cancer or something, and they said, you know, go do this, stay out there, don't worry about me. And he basically just left because he's like, I I can't, I got to get home, you know. To see what's going on, you know, yeah. so it's it's just really interesting to see the psychology of these people, and 
I, I had a really great time with it. Yeah. What wow. About, what about you, Andrew? Uh, just real quick, could I find that on Hulu or? I'm not sure. I just okay. I, I, I just found it on the Alone. History Channel. It's Alone. on the History Channel, and they stream a lot of their stuff. That's where we found it. So, okay. um, so I, it might be on Hulu. I'm not sure. All right, I, I'm gonna check it out. I uh, definitely. It's, am. it's so cool. And just real quick, I want to let you know that I did start watching The Good Place. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, you're it right. Is. It's great. But My Buried Treasure is another show that I started watching, and. Whenever you're a week late on something for this show, it makes me feel really bad because last <laughs> week we talked about our fall shows that we started watching. Yeah. And I picked up one that none of us had mentioned. And it is definitely easily my number one show of the year right now. Okay. And it might be one of my favorite shows of all time. Wow. Tell I know. Us. It's called This Is Us. Have you I, been watching it? No, I have not been watching it. I've heard about it. I have heard both sides. I've heard people who love it because it's so emotional. And I've heard people who say it's just sappy and they can't they can't enjoy it. It's Can just not too... stop watching it. Yeah. So the basic premise of this show, I don't want to give too much away because of the uh, first episode is for me was the uh, that's the hook and sink. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm with this show forever now. Yeah. The pilot was so good. The basic premise is it tells the story of a bunch of people who were all born on the same day and how different their lives are. You have two twins you have a father and wife who are pregnant. You have this young man who's being reunited with his father. And just how all these stories get intertwined somehow is like mind-blowingly good. I cried and laughed in a five-minute span in multiple episodes of the that's show. What, that's what people are saying. It just really tugs on all those strings. So it's, Well, that means I will never watch it. <laughs> I know. That's, that's I'm kind of leery, too. Uh, it's so good. And coming right off of the premiere of The Walking Dead, I needed something like this. <laughs> so Fair enough. Yeah. Cannot recommend This Is Us enough. It's on Hulu. So Very cool. The name? Um, I struggle with this because I, I usually just go app route yeah, or sure. games or something like this. But um, I'm really enjoying a YouTube channel. And I don't think I've talked about this on Sif Pop before, but Tommy Edison X. Mm-hmm. Yeah, XP. Have we talked about it on? Sif I don't Pop think we've before? talked about it on Sif Pop, but yeah, I know Tommy Edison. This is one of uh, my favorite YouTube channels. This is a guy who is right, but right below your movie friend and flick freaks. Yes, and then comes Tommy Edison. Yeah, totally. That's, that's what I said. One yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. We totally yeah. understand. Um, he is a blind film critic, which is really fun. But he kind of branched and started doing more like personality driven. People asking him questions. People... I love some of the questions he answers. Yeah, like, uh, can you draw? these items can you draw a cat can i tell you my favorite recently yeah my favorite recently was somebody asked him i never thought of this did you believe it when you first heard people could actually see like did you believe there were people who could actually see wow or did you think like no you're just messing with me everybody's like me i never had thought about that what an interesting you know i never would have thought of that question did you believe yeah he like he does things like you know guest scented candles um so he'll He'll try to interact. He'll ask, answer questions like, "Can you describe a cloud?" Um, and he'll he he is so good. He's such a great personality. That's that's why you go watch. And he's him. so accessible. You know, he's he just, laughs. Mm-hmm. He has There's a no good judgment. Time. No, yeah. He describes you know things that we're curious about because he's blind. But then we also um, you know really get to kind of hear his heart sometimes in in different uh, episodes. I am fascinated by him. And anyway, it's Tommy Edison XP is his um, YouTube channel. He just got a new subscriber. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Oh, good. I I really love his personality. I love his laugh a lot. 
And one of my most memorable ones that I've seen was when they uh, the question came, can you open your eyes? And he said, yes, I can, but I haven't used these muscles in a long time. And so he just sit, he, you know, you're watching and you're just like leaning into your screen. And then it's like this little drum and goes, ding, you know, when his eyes finally open and he had to really try at it to get them open. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of willing to just, you know, talk about everything and he goes mm-hmm. to like different comic con conventions. And so he kind of has a little bit of a following, but anyway. Yeah. And he's been doing some, uh, some crossovers recently with other YouTube channels and that kind of stuff. So he's a good, he's a good collabs. guy. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. And I, I love it when he draws, um, he the drawing one that he put out recently is particularly hilarious. I love how. What did he try to draw? I think he tried to draw like a cat and he, you know, giving it all these, he gave it the legs, but he can't see the paper. So it's all based on, you know, of course. Well, how it's all based on what he's orientation. felt too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's just, fa- that stuff just fascinates me because I love when people who I have are so open to c- talking about how their life is so different than mm-hmm. just, you know, a normal sighted person. We just have, we have so much more of an ability to just, like, yeah, who, just for a second thought? to think of how how he his mind envisions the world. Like, you know, for him to be like, well, I think I understand what the sky is, and then just blows my mind. Yeah, I think you I know? understand what colors are. I feel like I understand what you know the depths of the ocean means. You know, there's just different things that I've never thought about. I don't so. understand what the depths of the ocean means. <laughs> I don't want to. Ocean's scary. Ocean is scary. Let's Agree. stay out of the ocean. Stay out of the ocean. Landlocked Missouri. Woo. Woo. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to today's guru, Danae Hughes. Aw, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, today, anything you want to uh, let people know about, promote? Follow me on Instagram. There you go. Uh, my username is jdenee, J-D-E-N-E-E. Then oh. you see pictures and stuff. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have a vine you want to promote. <laughs> no, vine is no more. Did it go away? Yeah, vine, yeah, yeah, vine shut shop. down. Whoa. Yeah. Sad day. Do we care? What did, they, what did they do wrong? <laughs> they didn't make money. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it just wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah. Mm. I think, uh, you know, streaming video is becoming the thing, like longer streaming video. And so the short streaming stuff just didn't, or the short video snips. Hard to make a joke in six seconds. Plus animate, animated GIFs kind of took over too. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just like poor Vine. Poor Vine. Let's have a moment of silence for Vine. It died on the Vine. Oh, oh, today Hughes putting it up. I did it. You did it today. <laughs> Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month and comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Also, please rate and comment at your podcast player of preference, especially if it's iTunes. iTunes uses that information to promote the show and it'd be a huge boost if you could leave a comment. Anything else you want to say or ideas for the show, feel free to send them our way through email. That's feedback at sifpop.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.